Welcome to A Little Slice of Cumbria, a podcast about the Cumbrian food scene. I'm Andy Walsh and on this podcast we're going to be talking to and about the people who grow it, raise it, make it, bake it, cook it, serve it, eat it and those who promote it. A Little Slice of Cumbria is about all things to do with Cumbrian food, from the west coast to the Pennines and from the borders to the bay. There are two things I love, living in Cumbria and food and drink. I mean, technically, that's three things, but you know what I mean. So to bring them together in this podcast is a dream come true. I've lived here for the last 20 years and been involved in the food scene for the last 10, ever since opening the coffee kitchen. There's no doubt that Cumbria is a great place for food and drink. It punches above its weight. It, it bats above its average. I mean, you just need to look at the number of Michelin stars we have in the county compared to a lot of the big cities. We're doing pretty well. And the reason for starting this podcast is, you know, as we come out of lockdown and, and face up to the realities of the COVID-19 crisis, I want to talk to some of the brilliant food producers who live and work in this fantastic county of ours. I want to find out their stories, what motivates them, why they do what they do, and the plans for the future. We'll talk to some of the big names, but also give a lot of airtime to those people who are just starting out. But they still form part of this massive Cumbrian food economy. Each one, if you like. A little slice of Cumbria. Hopefully, by hearing their story, you'll keep an eye out for them. Maybe, you know, even buy something from them. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? And this week, we'll be talking to Luke Christian, owner of Lakeland Muse, the artisan muesli company that's based between Wigton and Carlisle in the north of the county. We recorded this interview a couple of weeks ago when it was hot. Remember that? Seems like a lifetime ago. But it's not just going to be us talking to you. We'd like to hear your views too. And this week, I'd like you to tell me about some of your lockdown heroes. Which food and drink producers have gone out of their way to look after us during the lockdown? Who are your food and drink heroes? Now, you can email us on a little slice of Cumbria at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook too. And while we're doing some housekeeping, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify and wherever you know and listen to your podcasts, as long as we've not messed up loading them up, which if it's me doing it, it's highly likely. So here's me chatting to Luke. Enjoy. So I'm joined today by uh, Luke Christian of Lakeland Muse. Luke, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you, Andy. Pretty warm today, but uh, yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? Well, you know, somebody could be listening to this podcast in the middle of winter, so, you know, that's, that's a wasted comment, isn't it, really? Wasted, but they'll, they'll look back on August the 11th and remember that as the sort of the week where we had a mad heat wave. It's like, I think it's like 27, 28 degrees. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's awful. I'm melting at the moment. And, and on top of that, it was just like the best thunderstorm last night ever. Lightning, lightning flying across the sky. It was, uh, it was pretty spectacular. I'm yeah. uh, meant, to, meant, to, meant to be going swimming later. I'm not sure how that's going to work out with lightning flying around everywhere, but hopefully it'll have uh, calmed down by then. Okay, so we're here on a little slice of Cumbria podcast, so I better get on about something to do with business then. So, Lakeland Muse, give me a little bit of an overview of what your product's all about. Uh, so, Lakeland Muse, we, 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 I guess we call ourselves specialist producers of uh, toasted artisan muesli. Uh, and what I mean by that is we bake everything from scratch. It's all made by hand, bake it in the oven, pack it full of the best ingredients you can find, so seeds, nuts, etc. All of our blends, we don't compromise on, on the good stuff. So, it's not just sort of dusty oats with a couple of raisins, it's really chunky. Uh, luxury blends and like I say it's all made for hands so we've got a little oven here that we make it um yeah won plenty of awards for our different muses got sort of four or five different blends that we sell um started off at yeah Keswick, Keswick Farmers Market probably is where we started and then it sort of just escalated from there 
so it's a toasted muesli. So what's the difference between that and granola? Good question, that Andy. It is a good question. I know, I've been set up for that one, haven't I? Yeah, no, good question. Uh, main difference is we don't add any oils to ours. So granola you find out there is typically quite sweet. Um, so we just toast ours in even with a tiny bit of honey, uh, but no oils. So we're quite keen. Ours is like a nice, healthy alternative to um, granola. I guess it sort of takes the tastiness of granola. We bake it in the oven and helps release the flavors in the seeds and nuts with the healthiness of muesli. So we're sort of trying to take the best of both with our Lakeland muesli. Okay, right. How many different varieties have you got at the moment? Top of my head, I think, we, we, I should know the answer to that. I think we've got five, uh, but we do bring out a limited edition uh, Christmas special called the Winter Wonder as well. Um, and we're looking, we've got sort of plans to release another couple over the next sort of six months or so. Um, but it's just a matter of time and space uh, in making that happen. So Yeah, I can understand that. It's been a, a bit of a hectic sort of like five months, hasn't it? Bonkers, to be honest. Um, but obviously COVID sort of, caused chaos but for us it's probably caused chaos in a good way i've been very fortunate in how we've been able to sort of deal with it and if anything we've probably come out the other end busier than ever yeah it's been it's been hard work but for good work i wonder if the trend is for people to sort of purchase some of the local you know higher end stuff during the actual crisis you know talking to lots of other business people who are in the food industry they're saying that they've seen you know quite strong sales because people are sort of rejecting uh, maybe a little bit, um, some of the big supermarkets and things and trying to support their local businesses. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I think what we've seen sort of reflects that. And uh, customers we've spoken to as well, obviously everyone's situation is different, but some of them staying at home, maybe spending a bit less because, you know, they're not able to, to go out as often and not having to commute to work, et cetera. And so they said, the, almost using it as an opportunity to spend a little bit more on quality goods. Um, and I guess, I mean, our product is, you know, it's towards the higher end of the market, but it is, you know, a good quality product. So we're quite proud that, sort of customers in this time have, yeah, decided to try something that is, yeah, locally made and, and of good quality. And like you say, there's definitely a move away from supermarkets in a lot of cases towards buying locally. And it'd be interesting to see how that sort of progresses beyond COVID and into the coming years. Yeah, you'd hope that was sort of like rooted into people's sort of buying patterns now, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, hopefully the smaller sort of local businesses that have been able to sort of supply people when they have been stuck at home, um, you know, we sort of deliver to people's doors and things. Um, yeah, we hope that sort of those customers don't forget, you know, like for yourself, the, the local bakery that was able to provide them with bread, you know, in the months to come, they don't sort of necessarily just return back to the sort of mass produced supermarkets. So I think like local business owners have that opportunity, I guess, to build that sort of relationship during this time, help them out. And hopefully, you know, in the future, customers sort of remember that. Yeah, that would be great if they could. So go on, Luke, you're a young lad, right? You're growing up between Wheaton and Carlisle, right? You're off to university, massive career ahead of you. You know, and next minute you, you, you're creating a, a Lakeland Muse brand. So that, that's a hell of a journey, isn't it? What's happened? <laughs> What's happened? I'm a mighty appalling is what you're saying there, Adam. Not no, quite, you're quite, you know. You're quite right, you're quite right. Not at all anything I ever expected to be doing was uh, running a, um, an artisan muesli company. Uh, but yeah, it's, like you say, went off to uni for eight years uh, and then was set to join a grad scheme. Ended up deferring that for a year, went to Romania for a year, uh, met a Swedish friend who's relevant later on in the story, uh, and then went back to London, worked for London a couple of years uh, on a grad scheme with a management consulting firm. And then uh, yeah, I was up in the lakes and uh, broke my collarbone, mountain biking, uh, wind latter, which sounds terrible, but ultimately proved to be sort of the genesis of Lakeland Muse. Um, got signed off from a job down in London for six weeks and and uh, me, me and my best mate, Tim, who I grew up with, um, decided to do business. And uh, we'd been making this toasted muesli. We'd been introduced it to, to it by the um, 
friend I met in Romania, a Swedish friend, who we actually ended up naming one of our blends after. And Nicodemus Artman, he was called. So the Artman Classic, that's who that's named after. But anyway, so we've been making ourselves for breakfast. And we've always thought, oh, it's good enough to sell. But I mean, we always have ideas for this, that, and the other, and businesses, etc. But I guess this six weeks off work gave us the opportunity to sort of try it, basically. I didn't just want to spend six weeks on a sofa. And so it was sort of either learn a language or um, set up a little business. So we, uh, we booked into Keswick Market cobbled together some branding and started toasting up in our mother's kitchen borrowing sort of boxes from different people she must have loved you absolutely loved you yeah i mean we (laughs) she was fine when we sort of cleared it up afterwards i think it was just sort of if you was to stroll into the kitchen mid mid production and there's just stuff everywhere but it does smell incredible when you're toasting it up it's um it provides a great flavor um fragrance for the room so um yeah so like i say booked into keswick market and just went really well from there and things sort of escalated I went back to London, uh, but Tim carried on doing it sort of a couple of days a week. Um, but we gained lots of interest, so it was, it was sort of came to a bit of a crunch, excuse the uh, the, the pun. And uh, eventually, we decided we'd sort of give it a proper go, and so we quit our jobs and, and went full time. And that was September. What would it be on September twenty? I don't know. Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, was it? Probably, yeah. I'm glad you know our story better than I do, Andy. Well, you know, I do like. I'm a professional. I do my research, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, so you and Tim started the whole business off. Um, so what sort of things helped you along the way? You know, what, what helped you to grow to where you are today? Uh, I mean, primarily uh, hard, hard work, probably, smiling face, uh, been willing to sort of get out there. And um, we've done a lot of like food, um, farmers markets, food festivals, that sort of thing. Uh, I'd say as well, like there's a very nice supportive local business community in Cumbria, which definitely helped in terms of being able to bounce ideas off people or just ask people for advice. There's plenty of guys that have been running um, successful food companies around Cumbria for a long time. And so that was that was super helpful as well. And to, and to be honest, at the beginning, friends and family as well, who sort of mucked in, you know, just to sort of get things up and running. Um, we sort of, yeah owed people a few beers for a little while after but um yeah, yeah. i've seen i've seen your dad run the stall on keswick market <laughs> he loves it he really does it's, it's his favorite thing ever i mean that's the reality that's what i always say when people are like oh do you not feel guilty about pulling it in and i'm like do you know what he loves it he gets a lot of joy from it so um yeah i mean i think the novelty of keswick might have worn off sight on him but he still he still definitely helps out around around the place i sort of i, I sort of view it as part of my role to keep him entertained you know Right. Now, obviously, you and Tim started that off. You're big mates, um, been mates for a long, long, long time. Um, so last year, sort of Tim withdrew from the business, didn't he? Yeah, he took, took a step back. We'd always said when we started off, we'll do, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, we'll do two years and then see what, see what we sort of think after that and have a bit of a review. And I mean, I'd say to anyone setting up a business, like set yourself a time period where you just give it a go put the work in as hard as you can do as much as you can for those two years and then sort of have a review after um and i think that was really useful for us and because not all businesses necessarily apply like you know just the nature of it sometimes it works sometimes it don't you've got to give it a go to to find out uh, but after two years um i mean the business was doing quite well um you know we got stocked in lots of shops around and but i think we're probably ready for a bit of a change is probably the best way to put it. Um, and I think Tim sort of had some other projects he was looking at getting involved in. Um, and, I, and I think the reality of running a business is you, your life's sort of chaos a large proportion of the time. Uh, you don't necessarily have fixed working hours. There's not necessarily that much structure, particularly when you're a small company as we are. Um, and I think sort of those factors combined meant Tim was sort of happy to sort of step back, I think. We did talk about maybe selling the business, maybe even winding down. Um, but I think for me, there was 
we'd put a lot of work in and we'd, we'd, we'd you know, business-wise, we'd, we're in a lot of shops and we'd, we'd sort of grown it to, to, I mean, we're still tiny, but it, it felt like it was a bit of a waste. Um, so I, so we sort of discussed it and in the end worked out that uh, I'd be happy to sort of keep on running it by myself and, and Tim would sort of step back. So I sort of bought him out. And he's still, I mean, we're still great mates um, to, to this day. And to be fair to him, he like still helps out every now and again. He gets an emergency call and he's, you know, like, and I, I still see him regularly. So it's, well, he's dropped boxes off at uh, my place of uh, views when, 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 when you've had to. So, yeah. <laughs> He thought he thought the chaos was over, but he still gets roped into the occasional uh, errand. But no, the chaos uh, is never over, Luke. It really is never no, over, is yeah. it? You know. But um, yeah, I think I think Tim wins the the prize because uh, I've never known anybody else go barefoot at Keswick Market, and <laughs> and, and that's Tim all over, isn't it? It's, it's it is. He's he's certainly an individual, and uh, no, he's a great lad, great character. Um, so no, it's very yeah. I mean, I definitely recommend setting up a. Um, a business with a friend and he was a, was a great guy to do it with so ah spot on okay so you've got this little business it's it's taking up big chunks of your time how do you sort out your work-life balance i mean i know it's quite important to you isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah we've definitely talked about this before i'm a massive fan of a work-life balance uh which sometimes works really well you know i enjoy like bombing around the lake paddleboarding running you know you name it sort of outdoors and active i'm pretty keen for it and traveling as well uh going off seeing friends etc so i'm quite keen for that but i find that some some months i'm very good at that i'm sort of you know life probably takes a bit more of a uh, precedent and then other months it sort of very much takes a, a back seat yeah so uh, in, in, the, in the past few years didn't, didn't you when you biking down the river rhine at one point was that was that one yeah. it was that, that was the river danube yeah Don't so danube, i yeah. Cycled, cycled with a few friends from london to um vienna uh sort of just camped along the way wherever we could find a spare field that didn't like a tramp out. yeah i mean yeah like glorified tramp i mean glorified yeah yeah barley last year wasn't it uh it was that last yeah that was last year yeah i'm glad you've kept it's easier trying to take note of the days when you didn't work to be honest but, uh, <laughs> no listen life's there to be lived andy and you keep telling me life. that don't you You keep telling me that all I, the time you know what? I'll, I'll keep telling you that like when i'm around happy to work out put the hours in seven days a week whatever but then equally for me it's quite important that i you know can get off yeah i mean it, it is a massive lesson for anybody who's an entrepreneur or anybody starting up their own small business that you've got to get a balance right I'm, I'm rubbish at it I, I freely admit I am rubbish at it you are terrible at it yeah I know um, but I'm trying my, I'm trying my best to make changes so that you know in the future I spend a lot more time sort of um, you know for myself and doing different things and I think that uh, I mean I, I've already booked my holiday share November it's Northumberland it'd be lovely um, so there you go hey, that's how, you, how it happens um, so yeah okay so you, you, you've you've started off you and Tim have got together you, you created a company so so what have been the main difficulties when you've come to making the next step because it's one thing for you and your best mate to, to set something up in, your, in the kitchen it's another thing to move it on to an entity in itself which is separate and it's another thing to grow that entity then isn't it so what what have been your, your major issues you faced along the way Good question, that. Um, it feels like every now and again you go through a little, I mean, little's maybe the wrong word, but a bit of a step change where you have to change the way you operate or whatever. I guess it's just the case of moving to the next level and there's always a bit of like, pain's the wrong word, but it, yeah, it takes a bit to make that, 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 that change. I guess for us, some of the challenges have been um, going, going from 
yeah like you say like us making it all ourselves uh, and we still we still do but sort of bringing sort of people on board so that we can it frees us up to then uh run the business and i guess you know bring out new products sort of focus on sales i think for me i find myself dragged in all directions and it's quite hard as you grow that's fine when you're small and like there's not you know there's not the volumes aren't there that you're sort of in chaos but then as you grow you realize you need to sort of put people in yeah. place um to be able to deal with that and as well just working out you know I, i'm no food manufacturing expert so sort of working out how best um to you know what sort of size ovens you can do with the facilities you've got um we only have single phase electricity where we are the unit uh so we're looking at maybe moving to another unit or just sort of yeah i think for us a combination of i mean it's space time focus probably those three things i think are hard to sort of take time out of the business almost to focus on whatever it is that pushes your business to the next um stage i think we've probably been quite guilty of just working in the business rather than on the business if that makes sense yeah so it's taking that step back and just just sit having yeah. a day out to plan and things yeah that's always very difficult but uh it's interesting what you say about people actually because you know i've had some fantastic people work for me really have you know since 2011 when we started off um and i'll always say that that people are your biggest asset but also they create the biggest problems for you even if they're wonderful wonderful um you know employees they're still you know time off of illness etc etc so you know that stage of taking on extra people i've always found to be um to be quite stressful and and getting the key people in the right positions is is something that's 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 quite difficult to do at times yeah easier said than done definitely but i think like you say like you get the right people in uh that could be a massive asset to your business but obviously it is quite a hard yeah, it's a hard one to make sure that the people are right for the job you've got them in to do. So Yeah. So you I mean, Cumbria, is it a good place to start and develop a business, do you think? I mean, for example, um, you know, obviously Lakeland and the Lakes has got a, a, a massive brand in its own and you've tapped onto that with the Lakeland Muse sort of thing. Um do, but do you think generally speaking, Cumbria is a good place to, to start off? For us, it has been. Uh, I mentioned before, like, there's a good support network, um, both of other business owners and, I guess, like, local press and stuff have been uh, super useful in terms of helping sort of get our story across and get our story out there. Uh, it does come with challenges, um, you know, like infrastructure in Cumbria, and I guess even just sort of population concentration isn't the same as other countries. So you sort of almost have to fight a bit harder to, to, to reach your market in that sense. And I guess... Yeah, like, I mean, you touched on it, the, the lakes, I mean, we love the lakes, and that's a big part of our brand, but it feels like a, I guess Cumbria's maybe split in a couple of ways, and, and one is which you've sort of got the lakes area, where we've sort of always, you know, pushed and done quite well, and then other areas of Cumbria, you have to probably fight a little bit harder to um, get your product in front of the right people, and um sort of hit, hit your demographic in, in a certain way. Yeah, I guess uh, that people outside of Cumbria just think with this homogenous Lakeland area, but when you consider, we've got the Eden Valley, which is very, you know, very, very quiet in many ways. You've got Carlisle, which is its own sort of border city. You've got the West Coast, which is very industrialised. Barrow, again, which is industrialised as well. South Lakes, which has got its own character as well. So I suppose that that if you come in from outside, you just see it as one great big, you know, Lakeland playground, but it, it isn't. There's, there's so many different areas there, aren't there? No, completely. And each area has got something sort of great to offer, both, you know, from locating your business there perspective, uh, but also to the sort of potential visitors. Uh, I think people, 
you know, obviously sometimes get to the, the lakes and stop there, whereas actually there's some real hidden gems if you sort of, you know, push further west or, you know, obviously Carlisle as well is a great border city. There's there's plenty going on. Um, so it'd be great to see sort of that, I guess, Lake Lake District pool uh, benefit the rest of Cumbria as well. Yeah, that'd be good. Right, okay, quick quiz for you. Well, here okay. we go. Here we go. Right, you have the option, right, of having a beautifully handcrafted cup of coffee made by a highly skilled barista, right, on yeah. the one hand, or a Greg's meal deal on the other. Which one do you go for? Uh, depends on the situation, Andy, to be honest. Uh, well, every situation I... I've known you do, you go for the Greg's meal deal every time, don't you? <laughs> Do you know why that is? That's because that's Thursday morning in the, in the cold and rain at Keswick Market, and I need something like cheap, easy, and just sort of to fill me up. And I don't also, I also don't think I'd fully appreciate the, uh, the handcrafted coffee in that in that particular situation. But if I woke up on a Sunday and you know I've been a bit lazy and sort of just having a really relaxing morning, for me that's when you go for the sort of you know the, the handcrafted uh, local lo- locally roasted coffee. I think you've got to you've got to pick your product for your place and time, Andy. And uh, oh, right, yeah. Thursday morning in the torrential rain, uh, <laughs> where you start quickly rushing to get something down here for a, for a hard day selling. That's uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I yeah sometimes have have been known to peruse a Greg's meal deal. Yeah, there you go. We I mean we have got we have got such great produce within the the county itself, haven't we? Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking of we got some world class stuff going on here. I mean, we've got more Michelin stars than, than, than Manchester, Liverpool, um, you know, um, uh, Birmingham, Newcastle, all put together, I think, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, we have things like the Lake Distillery. We have some great, you know, world-class bread producers. We've got lots of things going on within the county. And I always think that we're, we're part of this big wedge, right, with people like, you know, Simon Rogan at the top and Forest Side and things. But we all contribute in some way into that, don't we? That um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of um, you know the various different coffee producers that we have, Farrers and, and Carvetti, um, and, and and all the others that I'm embarrassed not to remember off the top of my head. Bruce, um, Bruce and Luke's never got a Yeah, Bruce. Oh my word, I've got I've got I've got Luke coming on um, oh, shortly. No anyway, so but uh, I'll rip him about that anyway because uh, yeah, it's a bit like Anton Deck, isn't it? We all love Bruce and Luke, but we can't tell them apart really. That's the problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've got uh, we we have got this all this produce, and do do you ever think that you feel you 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 feel part of that wedge or not? Yeah, I think uh, each of us running sort of a specialist food company within Cumbria um, has a bit of a role to play in sort of upholding that brand, as it were, um, and contributing to that. Yeah, I guess I mean, it means reputation at the end of the day. If sort of Cumbria you know, increasingly becomes renowned for like, you know, good quality food as it is. And you can sort of push that further. Uh, I think it, it only serves to sort of benefit everyone. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is good. And I mentioned it before, like there's, I mean, you mentioned a couple of names, but like, you know, different people that have sort of been there, done it in a way, you know, like the Hawkshead Relish guys, uh, mm. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that have sort of built these quality food companies and they're, they're all very willing to sort of help out and share, I guess, their tips and expertise where they can, which I think is great for everyone. And it does provide a, sort of supportive supportive network to, yeah, to give things I, a go yeah i totally agree with that i found everybody that's involved in food and drink um within cumbria to be to really helpful you know so many times that you, you you're talking to somebody about a problem they'll say oh well yeah this is what we did and 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 they give you that sort of yeah. bit, a bit of help makes such a difference because as well then you 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 feel like you're not necessarily fighting that problem alone. Like you, you know you're talking to someone who's been through it faced it you know how many years ago um it gives you sort of a bit of a 
a boost to get it solved. So no, it's yeah, definitely place for that. Okay, so so just really to close up on, what sort of challenges do you think you'll be facing the next few years? Um, you know, as Leyland Muse, but also as you know, just any old business in in the UK. I mean, the reality is, current situation is just like complete uncertainty for everyone involved. Which I mean, at the moment we seem to be doing fine, but you know, it, it sounds like, well, it looks like we're pretty likely to hit recession. Um, and I guess you know, there's a chance during a recession people start to. Um, I guess sort of make more economic choices, move away from you know better quality foods, and maybe move back to sort of the mass-produced supermarket stuff, um, which obviously for us will provide a bit of a challenge. Um, I think, yeah, I mean that's one the uncertainty of the recession. I think environmentally, there's also a lot like that we could all do to make sure we're, I guess, doing our bit and making sure we leave the planet a better place than we found it. And I think that's something we always sort of are trying to look at ourselves. Um, I'd say that's another challenge. I mean, yeah, I think those would be the two two sort of big ones. I'd say. Um, I mean, for us personally, we're sort of looking at how best we can um, grow our business. We have, we've sort of focused predominantly on sort of retail, um, specialty retail. You know, farm shops, food halls, independent stores. Um, and I think we probably part of our next challenge is how we can best move beyond that, maybe into the hospitality industry, clients in the hotels and stuff. But again, it's 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 moving from a very hand-produced, uh, small-scale, you know, batch process, um, and, and sort of how you scale that without losing any of your quality. And for us, that's been sort of a constant challenge, I would say, since we started. Is you know, if you make however many bags a day, um, and you times that by ten, you don't want to lose any of the quality in that. Um, so I think that's a uh, sort of a big challenge as we as we seek to sort of grow and, and move forward. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that faces you know, anybody that wants to grow, facing that upscaling thing is 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 very difficult. You know, I always tell people that you know it's one thing to be able to produce a really lovely loaf of bread; it's another thing to make sixteen of them. You know, and, and it, it's that thing where you begin to upscale, and you make instead of making sixteen loaves, you're making thirty-two. You're making sixty-four. You're making one hundred twenty-eight loaves, and, and you want to do it in the right way. You want to do all those things that have made it handcrafted, that have made it, uh, you know, the the things that that you love about. Either, in my case, bread making, in your case, about making muesli. You don't want to lose that, but yeah. at the same time, you want to get those benefits of bigger production. So, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for us all, I'm sure. No, I completely agree. And, and like you say, like, ultimately what sets our businesses apart will be the quality. Uh, and the minute you start to compromise on that, then I always think, what have you got left, basically? You just become that, you know, that supermarket-made loaf of bread. Um, so I'd urge you to sort of keep quality at the uh, forefront of your mind as you make that. That, that leap from many loaves of bread to many more. I'll try my very best there for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, you're, you're going off. What are you going off doing now? You're going, going biking uh, I'm hoping, hoping for an early escape. So get on the bike, uh, cycle them Grisdale, and have a swim in the river. That's the big vision for this evening. So okay, so just be careful about your collarbone, won't you? You know, and stuff. Make sure you don't, <laughs> don't crash that one out. Okay, Luke. You never know. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, nice to speak to you. And uh, we'll catch up shortly, eh? Um, especially when the when the pub's open again. Absolutely. And you, Andy. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, always good to chat. Cheers, eh? Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. You can find the whole range of Lakeland Muse Artisan Muesleys on their website, www.lakelandmuse.co.uk, where they have an online shop. And it's also listed their stockists. And if you're on Keswick Market on a Thursday or a Saturday, you can buy it from the Coffee Kitchen Bakery stall, 
you might even get to see me. So thanks for joining us on this podcast. Next time we'll be speaking to the guys from Stonehouse Smokery about what they get up to. And conversation turns to everything to do with pigs, quite obviously. So don't forget to let us know your food and drink heroes, who, who they've been in lockdown. Our email is littlesliceofcumbria at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to us at your usual podcast provider. Ta-ra! A Little Slice of Cumbria was engineered, edited and produced by Ethan Walsh. This was a Lone Eye production 2020.